You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 63 of the God Center Mom podcast. Today I'm chatting with Lacey Dobriant. Now, Lacey is a real life friend. Our kids are in school together. And I'm so excited to share this Bible study method she has developed. And I didn't even know the backstory of the method. I'm so glad that I interviewed her because I think beyond even the tool that she's about to share with you, you're going to connect some of you with parts of her story. Maybe it's the wandering from the faith. Maybe it's the single life for several years. Maybe it's secondary infertility. Lacey shares a lot of authenticity. Even her struggle to be authentic was a thing that she has worked through and God has um, healed her in so many different ways. And the key part of that healing process was her time in his word. And he led her to this method. Um, as she describes, she loves color and uh Who doesn't? Who doesn't love color and life? And this is the living word of God. And so um, she gave me a set of these pens and this method, and I have just been enjoying it so much. So if you're at a place where you just don't know how to know God better and how to get in his word and where to start and what to do when you you open the Bible, I think you're really going to love what Lacey shares today. And Lacey is generous enough that she is giving away a set of pens and her book, her manual. So make sure you comment on the blog post that goes along with this episode 63. and Or you can leave a review on iTunes to be entered to win. All right. I'm so excited for you to hear this. So here we go. Welcome, Lacey, to the God Center Mom podcast. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me. It's so fun when I get to interview friends. I just really Aww. like it. It's really, Aww. really fun. So Lacey has um, two adorable girls. If you <laughs> Do you want to introduce them real quick and then I'll... Sure. I've got um, Lily Grace, who is my seven-year-old, and then Evie, who is my five-and-a-half-year-old. And they are, as God would provide... In those exact same classes as my seven and five-year-old. And so I get to see Lacey a lot. And then um, we do BSF. And we're not in the same group. But our paths cross a lot. They do. uh, I'm so grateful for that. It is great. And so how did I even find out? How did I find out that you have this Bible study method? Was it on the bottom of your email maybe? You know what? Probably, yes. Okay. So I saw that she had a website. And the color method. And I was like, what is that? So I go researching and it is wonderful. (laughs) And I was like, Lacey, what is this? And she's so sweet. And she's telling me about it and even gave me my own little kit. And I was like, I need to have you on the podcast. We need to talk about this. So we'll tell everyone more about it. It's basically a Bible study tool, but 
how did you get into this? You know, moms listening who are like, oh, I'm just a mom, which is not true. No one is just a mom. Everyone has a gift and a talent. How did you get into this? Well, that is very true. But I will say I am just a mom. And when I went to go listen to all of your fantabulous podcasts, I got extremely intimidated because all these women, just like you, have all these children and they're doing these amazing things and writing books and, you know, but this is, um, it's really just very simple. It came out of a desire to go deeper with God. Mm. And I didn't intend to... um, market this or make it anything to give away. It really was just something the Lord did for me. And then just out of obedience to him, it kept growing. And he told me that I needed to give it away. And then within a year, pretty soon I had the color method. Wow. Kind of a crazy journey. You know, and one thing I wanted to say too, is your mom was a teacher at the school our kids go to. Yes. And, um, she is a believer. Yes. Did you grow up in a home where Bible study was something that happened? How did that, you know, I know a lot of moms are always wondering, how do I study the Bible with my kids? And so what was that like when you were a kid? Did your mom study the Bible with you or? Yeah, both my parents were believers. They both believed in Jesus Christ. My grandparents on either side did. We have a a legacy of faith in my family, which is such a gift. Mm. And I have a very, my my father passed away 12 years ago. But Mm. one of my most vivid memories of him is he would wake up every day at 5 a.m. and and read the Word of God. Mm. And I can just picture him, you know, sitting in our living room, pouring over the Word every day when I came downstairs. Mm. My mother did the same thing. She was a BSF or 30 years or something. She was an STL. She taught preset ministries. I mean, my parents were in the word of God Mm. and my mother even taught a Bible study for my friends and me uh, when we were in junior high. So Mm. it was very much a part of my life. So when did she make the transition to like you studying the Bible for yourself? Like, you know, how you kind of read the Bible stories with your kids at night or in the morning and, you know, our school has that requirement or, but my son came back from Wednesday at church the other day and he was like, mom, we studied Titus and there are these questions Aww. and the answers were in the Bible. And I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness, have I failed you? Like you didn't know that you could answer questions about the Bible. I think he'd always done stories. Like he'd always right. done, here's the stories of Jesus. Here's the stories of the Old Testament. Never like read scripture and answer and study Right. No, I think it was that Bible study that she did. And I remember distinctly having about you know 30 girls all piled in our living room. And you know, mother put together this Bible study for us. And we would have to come with our questions answered. And that's really my first memory of having to dig it out for myself. Okay. So that's more like age appropriate. Like, yes, like <laughs> double digit <laughs> age, like the DDs, <laughs> the, the 12 year old, you know, 11 year old is reading the Bible and answering for themselves kind of thing. Well, I don't know what's right. I just know I don't know what's what <laughs> we did. <laughs> but I mean, it makes sense, like as far as cognitively and developmentally mm-hmm. being able to grasp the right. an- and answer those kind of questions, even in a school, like right. I'm doing reading mm-hmm. comprehension stuff. Okay. So you had that experience. Did you stick with that through high school, through college? Was that your story? You just were faithful to the word? Well, No, I would not say that was my story. I have always been in love with Jesus. I came to know Jesus when I was um, nine at a Billy Graham crusade under an umbrella in the rain with my father. Yes, it's just a sweet memory of accepting Jesus then. And um, he really did take a hold of my heart. But he 
I have strayed. I mean, I, in college, did not go to church every day. And I felt a taste of freedom there that I hadn't known before. And mm-hmm. I, um, there were periods of my life where I just, you know, told Jesus to get on off that throne. And I felt pretty confident that I could, I could do this well myself. And mm-hmm. you know, that imagine that it never worked out well for me. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I'm actually working on a life map right now where you go through your whole life uh, from zero to today and you you break it down um, in ages and stages. And there was a period in my life, um, you know, starting in college where when I began to come out from underneath his authority Mm. and not get into the word every day, I would come back and I would have a season of coming back to him, but then I would stray again. And it just really um, was a season of confusion and, um, and I, and brought me to my knees and mm-hmm. praise the Lord. He kept me single that whole time. You know, Heather, mm-hmm. I'm I, I married when I was 38 years old, okay. which is, you know, it's a pretty long time to be single. Mm-hmm. And it was part of my undoing. I just felt the Lord wasn't going to let me enter into marriage with a man mm-hmm. until Jesus had become the lover of my soul. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where there was no other, where I would not leave him and chase after, you know, the, the shiny glittery thing that passes mm-hmm. by. And, um, so yeah, I'm grateful for it. There was some pain. There were some bad decisions, but he was so faithful to always welcome me back with open arms and mm-hmm. um, really, really heal me from a lot of that before mm-hmm. he prepared me to marry Robert. Mm-hmm. Wow. And was there was there a person that kind of helped bring you back or was it really just that struggle with God and just yeah, the- it was more like an event and a person. My father died when I was 35 years old. Mm-hmm. And it was heartbreaking enough in and of itself. But the fact that he never got to meet my husband, mm. that he never got to walk me down the aisle. I mean, we both, days before he passed away, you sat and, and, and cried over that. Mm. It was a, a great grief for him and a great grief for me. And when he passed away, I don't know, something in my heart um, broke in kind of a good way. And mm. I was I was just maybe freer to heal. I don't know. But I showed up on... Um, a lady's doorstep who I'd heard did a lot of counseling mm-hmm. and I was just real confused and I had lost, um, an anchor in my father mm. and was just kind of drifting. And I showed up on her doorstep and I began to learn what it was like to live authentically mm-hmm. in front of people, mm-hmm. to live authentically in myself and not put on such a show and, mm-hmm. and, strive for perfectionism and then make everyone think that everything's perfect. Mm -hmm. No, it's just just not. And I had kind of used those tools as a mechanism of coping. And anyway, through about two or three years of really visiting and going deep with her and with a small group Bible study, the Lord began to transform my heart, Mm -hmm. really changed me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, you know, for people who find themselves in the same place that you describe, Sometimes I like to give like, what was the way out? So that is helpful Mm -hmm. to know. Like it did take you to a breaking point, but you at some point had to reach out for help and you did need to find a community. Yes. Um, And and the word is a part of that. Um, But some, you know, are saying, oh, I don't need the church. I don't need community. I don't need people. I just need the Bible and me and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And um, I think when you're in that, there are times for that. But I think when you're, you said grieving the loss of someone or in a, in a place you need people. You need people, sister. I'm telling you what, I, I was one of those people. I didn't want to tell anybody my problems. Mm. I mean, it was just the pride, so the pride of it. Prideful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And 
when the Lord finally, I mean, it still creeps up. Don't get me wrong. But oh, yeah. I, I, I recognize it now. And when the Lord, that first little small group, um, was such an eclectic, wonderful gift from the Lord. And when I began to let that guard down and live life with people in an authentic, vulnerable, real way, I just began to understand what the Bible says when it says you are to live together in a community of believers. Mm. That's what the church is. Yeah. 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 And, and for the next generation to see that it's not Mm -hmm. just a song and dance number and a bunch of um, programming. It's people, it's people, the church Mm -hmm. is people. And um, well, that is powerful. So the color method, where in your journey? So how many, was it after you were married? Yeah. So got married, um, had Lily Grace a year and a day later. Um, had e- <laughs> yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. Had, yeah. Um, God, God was good. Had Evie 17 months later after that. Wow. And then I just assumed because Robert and I really wanted a third and I had popped out these two so easily that the third would come. Yeah. And um, the third did not come. And mm. we spent I mean, at least four years um, going through all the infertility, we looked into adoption, we looked into snowflake adoption. We, yeah. It was just this four-year period of great emotional stress. Um, I, I, you know, I had one that implanted, and um, it, you know, I lost it, mm-hmm. and that was a great grief for me. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just a real painful, painful journey. Which I don't think people recognize the pain of secondary mm-hmm. infertility. Mm-hmm. You know, the sometimes the st- oh, you already have two beautiful children. Oh. You should be happy. That is so hurtful. Well, I mean, let's Heather, not, let's stop saying write, that. Yeah, if I could just write a book about what not to say to someone who's going through infertility who has children. Yeah. And I know, you know what? I would probably say the same thing. My mouth gets me in so much trouble. <laughs> but it is there's something about uh, each child being just their own person. And when you want a child, you, you just want a child. And I think you already know the power of it. You've yes. known how your heart yes. grows in longs. Mm-hmm. And so any, mm-hmm. any part of that stage of secondary infertility where you, there's loss or there's mm-hmm. hope and then there's lot. I mean, I've walked through it with friends. It is really hard. Really, it is really, really hard. hard. And it, yeah. um, I got to a point where I really, um, because my husband really wanted it and I really wanted it. And I, I felt like I had had a promise from the Lord, whether I did or not, I'll never know until I see him face to face. But all of that, I looked at my husband one time and said, you know, honey, I'm worried this is going to rock my faith. Mm, and he yeah. just looked at me and said, well, that's a big problem. <laughs> and I went, well, it is. And yeah. I, um, you know, but it's okay because the Lord wanted me to come to him with that. He knew I was feeling it anyway. And yeah, we can't, we, we can't hide those thoughts. We can't hide that, those thoughts. And we, um, we, we yeah. think, well, God can't know. Well, I won't, I won't tell God yeah. that I'm <laughs> wondering if he's good, if he won't if give me good. these children. Like he that's can't right. see that thought. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. sees way down deep in yeah. there. And you know, Evie got sick during all this and she was so sick that the doctors were worrying me and I didn't know if we were going to leave the hospital with her. She was about three and she just wasn't, we were there for three days and she was really sick. And I, at 2 AM after they had stuck her a thousand times with needles and she wasn't getting better and they all had worried faces. I laid there at two, just holding and praying her. And I thought, well, what, what if, what if she dies? What if the Lord takes her? Am I still going to believe that God is good? Mm. So I really grappled with that with Evie in the hospital. Mm. I was at the same time going through the infertility struggle. And it's, you know, we don't have time for the whole story today. But in the end, I did get to a place in my relationship with the Lord where I, 
I got there. I said, you know, you, you are good. Mm -hmm. If you take Evie from me, you are good. Mm -hmm. If you never give me this third child, you are good. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was through many tears and many hours in prayer and much godly counsel and prayer support. But when I got there, I had tasted that the Lord was good in a way I hadn't known before. Mm. And I wanted more. Yeah. And when I, on the other side of all that, was sitting outside one day watching my kids play. And just the wind came through this big oak tree in my backyard. And I just felt the Holy Spirit. And I just said, oh, you know, I, I want more of you. I want to go deeper and I don't know how to do that. Do mm. I do more Bible studies? Do you want me to go serve you more? Mm. You know, what do I have to do? Mm. And that deep desire to grow closer to him uh, became the catalyst to the color method. And James 4, 8, if you draw closer to me, I will draw closer to you, became my life verse mm. for that season. Mm. And I was just reading this morning and um Oh, no, I'm going to mess it up. I think it was Ephesians. Where it just is basically saying the Spirit shows us the knowledge and the wisdom of the Bible so we can know Him. So that we no, can know it. Him. No, that's it. Ephesians 6. This is one of my, this was one of the verses okay. that changed, well, changed me. I was supposed to read it today. You was, were supposed to read it today, Heather. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, so, you know, the Lord implanted a desire in me to do a color coding system. Mm. I just, you know, I think he knit me together. He knew how, he knows how much I love color. <laughs> and I think, I think he was just going to use that to give me a tool to go deeper with him. Um, he had me put away all my books about the Bible, mm. which are all wonderful. And, you know, but there was a season of time where he just basically really impressed on me. I want you. You want to go deeper with me? Well, then you come to my word and only my word. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie. It was a little bit daunting. Um, You know, I uh, got down to the first morning and kind (laughs) of had my Bible and went, okay, what do we do now? Where do I go? Do I go to Genesis? Do we go to Matthew? And kind of grappled with that. But, um, you know, where where did you go? (laughs) Well, I kind of, it's funny because I kind of, I kind of had a banter with the Lord. I said, Lord, this is difficult. Why do you have to make your Bible so hard? You know, I, um, it, I, it, I feel kind of stupid and I feel like I'm overwhelmed and a little lost here. And he led me to this verse, which is like that verse in Ephesians, but it's in first Corinthians that just said, um, yeah, this is what we speak, not with words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, mm-hmm. explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I think I'm trying to read this book in my flesh. I think Mm -hmm. I'm trying to read it intellectually. I think I'm approaching this. Like I'm just trying to get this thing done. Yeah. And it changed how I approached the word of God. It's a spiritual book. We are Mm -hmm. supposed to read it in our spirit. So Mm -hmm. I just began really going into um, deep prayer before I would even, before I would even open my Bible. And then I don't know, Heather, he would show up every single time and it took the daunting task of it out and it just changed. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Well, spiritual things often don't Usually make don't. <laughs> logical sense, but mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, I, I can't, was it Kay Arthur? Does she do drawing in the Bible? Yes, she does. Okay. Well, I did an act study with her um, and that was the first time I'd ever you know, beyond just drawing lines or writing in the side of my Bible, like right. actually focused and narrowed in on 
keywords or focus words. And it was huge. I was, you know, I'd been in the church my whole life and I'd never read the Bible like that. And it, it, it changes things when you're narrowing in and the spirit is leading. So it's not just a task, right? Because you don't want this to again, become another task, but, um, you gave me this and I hadn't, you know, done that method. I think I did that in high school or college and I did it with my BSF just, you know, it's fun to have fresh, new, fun pins. Yes, <laughs> and so, it is. And and my husband was so sweet for um, our anniversary. He got me a new journaling Bible because he knows how much I like Aww. to write in in the Bible, and so this That's gives me so a little sweet. more space. But it's been perfect. I have my colorful pins and my new journaling Bible, and oh my goodness, even numbers. 13 or whatever we were in. I was like, wow, when you're underlining the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord over and over and over, you're like, wow, he is speaking to them a lot. And I just had skipped over it, even even though BSF is like hardcore Bible study. Right. And there's questions to answer. Um, When I just sat there and this new Bible doesn't have any um, commentary. Which oh, that's first, so great. Well, at first mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no. Right. No commentary. Mm-hmm. Shoot. How am I going to mm-hmm. know what it's saying? But it's freeing. It's just it the is. Bible, me, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. It's just very, I mean, I hate to use the word organic, but it yeah. really is. Yeah. And, you know, one of the first things that um, I did read that summer was Matthew because we were going to study that in the fall in BSF. Yeah. And I was um, coming out of all that infertility and releasing um, that to the Lord. And the first you know, chapter or two of Matthew is just the genealogy. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I don't want to do the genealogy. And I thought, nope, I'm committed. I'm doing the genealogy. <laughs> so I got my purple pen out because purple stands for people. Yeah. And as I underlined you know, each name and every family, I got to the end and I looked back over my work and I just saw the sea of purple. And the Lord just, the Holy Spirit just fell on me. And I thought, you know what? You are a God of people. Yeah. You see people. You have put together these families from the beginning of time you see me, you have ordained my family. My pain is not, um, you're not blind to it. You see me. And it gave me such comfort in the genealogy, you know? Yeah. You just, yeah. Don't underestimate God's word, right? Right. And I think for me, um, he can speak without the color method, of course, but I think because I am so visual and I do connect with color so much that the fact that it was all underlined in people just, it just jumped off the page to me, you know? Totally. And, um, I mean, I can, I'm going to run through real quick. Well, I don't have to, but there's different colors for the Trinity, for commands, for righteousness, for people, places, and how did you pick? I mean, I know the description of why certain things are that color, but right. how did you decide to narrow in on commands, for instance, or righteousness? You know, yeah, why, why are we actually, underlining those things just for people that, who are Bible? Just for people. Well, yeah. so that's what, when I came, when I got to the, doing the color coding system, you know, I was very overwhelmed with that because there's so much you could underline yeah. in the Bible. I mean, yeah. you could just, it's endless, but there are only a certain amount of colors that are created in markers. So I was limited um, just because of the marker industry <laughs> to a certain number of colors. And yeah. so I, um, I just sat down, um, in my playroom and my girls played for two hours without even talking to me, which you know, That's is from the word of God, from God. Yeah. yeah. And he just, he started, I closed my eyes and I just said, Lord God, you just tell me what colors to use. And you just tell me 
what to underline. And I saw this this picture of a color wheel in my mind. Yeah. And so I, was, I kind of thought, okay, that's interesting. And I looked at the color wheel, Googled it, and I just saw those three primary colors, yellow, red, and blue. Mm. And every color in the world comes from those three colors. Mm. And it just hit me. That's everything in this world comes from our triune God. Mm. So of course he glorifies himself and even the colors of our world. Mm. So yellow became God because he is our sun and he is our shield. And then red became Jesus because of course he died on the cross and his blood, the red blood is what saves us from our sins. And then blue was water and the Holy Spirit is our living water. Mm. And that was just so crystal clear to me. Mm. And then as I went from there, I went to the secondary colors. And if you take uh, yeah, the, the, the primaries, the secondaries are orange and green and purple. So I mm. had my colors and the Lord just spoke to my heart. I, I don't, I really don't know exactly why, but um, I looked at what made orange, which was yellow and red. And the Lord God you know, gave us commands in the Old Testament. But then Jesus came in the New Testament to fulfill the law and give us a new command, which mm. was love. And that made sense to me. And I went, okay, I think he wants me to color commands. And mm. I think it makes sense to do that in orange. Um, and then in green is for righteousness. And I kind of use the same process. If you take yellow which is God, and you take blue, which is the Holy Spirit, you get green. Green is for righteousness. And I got that because if you take yellow, which of course stands for God the Father, we are living every day to please Him because pleasing Him brings blessing. But we can't do that in our own strength. We can only do that through the Holy Spirit, which is blue. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got green. And yeah, I love to focus on righteous living because my tendency is to wander from that. Mm. So green became righteousness. Mm. And then purple was easy because we are a holy and royal priesthood. And the color for royalty is purple. And I um, and so every time I see a person or anything having to do with the children of God, I underline that in purple. Brown just made sense. I just wanted to know, I think the places of the Bible are key and very important and just helping us understand and visualize where all this is taking place. Mm. So I did brown for the soil and the dirt and the earth. That That's where I, how I underline places. And then I think it's always important, as little as we like it, to understand what sin is, to define it, to be able to recognize it in ourselves. And that way we can flee from it. Mm. And sin is basically darkness, which is the opposite of light. And I figured that was best represented by using black. So I kind of sat there after having eight of the colors and I looked around my playroom and saw my little girls and they had their big pink bows in. And I just closed my eyes and said, Lord, can I just use pink? <laughs> I just love pink. Let me use pink. And, um, and so I decided to, to box keywords in, in pink. Mm. And that was it. I felt a completion in my spirit and it was done. And I, and I began using it that day. And my best friend, um, in Memphis, she began using it that day. Mm. And, um, you know, the journey started and it, it began to change my walk with the Lord because I was excited to come down in the mornings and study my Bible. Mm. Um, it was fun to have a new tool to, to tear it apart and to go. It helped me focus. It helped me go more slowly. It helped me visualize it differently. It just it yeah. changed everything. Because you can have all the pins out and be marking everything as you go through each verse. Or you could just take one color out. Show me everything about Jesus in this passage. Show me everything yes. about righteousness in this passage. Um, I, I mean, I kind of, 
I'm, I'm very like whatever all over the place. So I keep, you know, I'm all, my pens are all over the place. But, <laughs> That's how I am. But I loved it because, the you know, soon after you gave it to me, I was downstairs. I was, you know, I go in the morning, the boys find me in my chair. And my seven-year-old, who's in Lily Grace's class, said, Mom, what are you doing? And I said, oh, Lily Grace's mom gave me these pens. And I showed him your little chart, and he got so excited. Aww. He's like, oh, can I mark the people? And so he's got the purple out, and he's marking the people. I'm like, having a little boy who's excited to read and study the Bible is beyond words. I yes, mean, beyond, beyond words. words. So mm -hmm. you can do it for your personal study, but, man, there could be, you know, color method for kids. I don't know. Well, I am, you know what, Heather, that is my hope is yeah. to get these kids early reading the word of God. And, you know, I mean, my girls do the same thing. They sit there and they color the Bibles and it may not be perfect and it may oh. not be accurate. Hey, I don't care. Hey. We can get new Bibles as they're in it and they're coloring it and they yeah. know the colors. I mean, well, yeah. yeah, they know what they stand for. And, um, you know, it'll be a tool that I can just give to them. It's part of their spiritual legacy and it's they're gonna know how to read the word of god or if they don't it won't be because i didn't try <laughs> or model it i mean so much of yes. all these interviews i'm amazed you know parenting experts or whatever like it's it's what you're modeling you know and yes. so the fact that you came down you saw your dad reading the bible you you mm -hmm. saw your mom reading the bible you know the and we we try so hard to be this, this the best parents we can be but one of the <laughs> the one thing that if you really really want for your kids is to, is to be the people you want them to be. And so, um, yes, I agree. If you really want them in the word, um, making that a priority. So if y'all give yourself an Easter present or just go out, you may even have all the pins in your house, but, um, I'll definitely put a link to the color method.com. If you want to check out, uh, her little booklet and, and pins, the pins are nice cause they're super micro. They're like, yes. And I did like two months of research on the pen. They're, they're, they're made of indigo ink. They won't fade or blur or, you know, bleed because Bible pages are thin. They're yeah. really awesome pens. Now, why are Bible pages so thin? Is that because it's maybe so, so the Bible doesn't have to be so thick? Maybe uh, so. I don't know. Yeah. There's a new Bible coming out. Have you heard about this? No. The guy that did the Kickstarter who, um, he's really into how pages look like just printing books, not necessarily Bibles. And the importance of fonts and the importance of um, margins. And so he's like republishing the Bible, not necessarily looking at the translation, but how it visually looks. Well, that is awesome. And he's creating like five booklets out of it so <gasps> that it's all like like you would read a chapter, you know, like a regular book where there's not two columns next to each other and where there aren't numbers interrupting and where there's like you're just reading it like you would a book wow. <laughs> instead of it being all broken up. Anyway. He got millions of dollars in his Kickstarter. It, yeah, it's a big deal. So, well, I need to get that for sure. Yeah, I'll I, maybe I'll find that link. I know the video was going around of him talking about topography and anyway, all his thoughts. Anything, you know, anything to make the Bible accessible, fun, new, different, creative. I mean, it, it's just this book of life, and I think living. we treat it like it's a living book, and it's exciting, and it's. Oh, there's life there. Well, and there's a new, the next generation. We're talking about, you know, not wanting to go to church. There's a lot that don't believe the Bible is God's word. So mm. if as believers, you believe the Bible is God's word and that it's living and active, you, you know, we, we need to teach that to our children. It's our voice, you know? Well, it is. And, you know, you know, they do, they come down the stairs and they see me pouring over this, you know, word of God. And I try to impress it on them. And, 
Yeah, I tried to tell them. I said this to Lily Grace one morning. She came down, and I said, honey, why does mommy read the Bible? And she's like, because you love God. I'm like, yes, but it's more than that. It's because I want to know God. Mm -hmm. We are called to seek His face. And I said, you come here. And I put her face, her cheek on my cheek. And I said, do you know, do you feel how special that is? I don't put my cheek on everybody's cheek. I just Mm -hmm. put my face on your face. Mm -hmm. Well, how do we put our face on God? How mm-hmm. do we get that close to him and have mm-hmm. that special hug? I said, it's through his word. Mm-hmm. That's our face on face love. Mm-hmm. And that kind of became a term, you know, between the two of us. So fake, give me some face on face love. Mm-hmm. And she knows that to do that with God, we have to get close to him. Mm-hmm. And the one of the best ways to do that is just to spend time in his word. So good. I heard that on a podcast. Um, I think it was The Village. It was their youth pastor, their children's minister. It was their day um, where they have the kids sit in the service. And he was just talking about how do we get our kids not to just know about God, but to truly know and to grasp and to want God. And um, he brought up the Israelites and how their generation just knew about God and they didn't own it. And he was just saying, you know, if we want that for our children, they need to see us excited and all in. Yeah, believing it. Yeah, believing it. Not just talking about him, but really... You know, seeing you worship, seeing you read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Lacey, you're the best. Oh, what's up with you, Heather? Thanks for being on here and chatting with um, the listeners and just exposing us to a great way to know God better. Love it. Well, thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Well, you have a great day. <laughs> you too, Heather. Bye. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. So many great nuggets in that interview. Uh, some things that stood out to me that I hope you take away from listening is one, you can know God more. If that is your desire, is that if that is your heart, spending time in his word will allow you to know God more. And another thing is that his word is living and active and we should approach it as a spiritual experience. And I loved her encouragement to pray before you read the Bible, to kind of open your heart, to hear from the Holy Spirit, to, um, let go of the things that are burdening you and distracting you and to be able to hear from him. I love both of those tips. And then if you don't even want to wait to get the pens, just start. Start underlining in yellow. Start looking for, you know, even God's promises. That's another thing you could underline. I think being intentional, reading God's words, starting somewhere, whether it's Matthew um, or a book in the Old Testament or anywhere Pick, a, pick an epistle, a letter from Paul, um, Ephesians, Galatians, pick something and start. Uh, I just think I loved how Lacey was authentic in her storytelling and just even the challenge to reach out to people. If you're feeling hopeless, if you're feeling lost, make sure you're reaching out to someone and sharing that with them. Um, we are not meant to live alone. So um, find your community, find your people. Also, don't forget to enter to win the giveaway. I wanted to take a second and just give a shout out to some people who've left reviews on iTunes. Um, Kay Radman, I'm so glad you find this podcast on Target for Moms, uh, expanding your toolbox and helping you know new authors. Um, CMN110882, I'm so glad you find it encouraging um, that you feel like it's real and sincere and practical and helping you Walk with Christ and point your kids to Jesus. Amy, NMNP. Sorry, I've got a smudge on my computer. Uh, I'm so glad that you um, found me through Hey Emily, Emily Thomas, and um, 
you keep going with that one-year-old and four-year-old. I'm so, uh, it's so fun to think of you with your little ones listening and being blessed. And J.H. Hamrick, fellow mom of four boys in Texas. Yes, we have a kinship for sure. Um, That would be fun to get all those crazy boys together. And I'm glad you find this helpful and relevant. Happy and Red, um, I'm so glad you enjoyed Emily's story of fostering and adopting. Um, I I love when I can connect people and uh, stories. So thanks for listening. And then my dear friend, oh, Amanda, um, thank you for your kind words and encouragement. And I'm glad that you love the blessing at the end. Let's just get right to that now. So have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.